welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, and hey, welcome to the first day of the second half of 2015. <laughs> now, at this point in the year, you really you fall into one of three camps, and I want you to be honest with yourself wh- where you fall. Okay, are you on track for your goals? Actually, I thought of a fourth uh, category too. Are you on track for your goals? Are you behind where you should be to accomplish your goals? Are you ahead of of your uh, goals? In other words, are you exceeding your expectations? Are you exceeding your goals? Or the new category that I just thought of, the fourth category is, do not have any goals whatsoever. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Well, You have no clue what's going on in the world. That's that's right. They they have no goals. They're goalless. If we're being honest, though, that's a majority of everybody. They have no written down plan. They have no goals. They have no objectives. They have no way of knowing whether they're ahead, you know, on track or behind, nothing like that. And a lot of cases, Jules, and you know this as well as I do, is they don't want to set goals because they've set goals in the past and they didn't work for them. That's what we hear constantly, right? But, guys, mm-hmm. here's an opportunity for you, the second half of 2015, to make this the best six months of your careers, of your entire lives, not just for the sake of selling real estate, guys, but for the sake of your family. Now, Here's the mindset shift for you, and this is going to be scary, overwhelming in some cases to some of you, but the reality of it is is every one of you need to be very, very clear on what I'm about to say that it's the truth. Ready? Your 2016 has already started. Your success for next year, the momentum that you're going to carry into next year, the money you're going to make, the relationships you're going to have, the listings you're going to take, next year has already started. Every top producer knows that in order to have a great first quarter of the following year, you need to be kicking butt in the third and fourth quarter of the previous year. That's now. I wonder how many of you are actually listening and paying attention. I really wonder how many of you are actually thinking about what I'm saying and realizing that um, the year doesn't just wind down at the holidays. The year, in essence, never ends. In other words, we're in a constant it's, – it's a cycle, but really what it is, it's a constant ascension of your ladder. So a lot of you think that basically your income and your success and your experience on this planet is all about peaks and valleys. And that's because you have set yourself up to experience peaks and valleys. So let's just look at it like it is. You start most agents, especially ones that we're not coaching, they start out slow, they struggle, they string a few deals together, they start building momentum, they get some money coming in, maybe they take some listings, a listing or two, and then what happens? Kids start going back to school. Then they, then around October, then they just basically, or sometimes September, they just throw in the towel and say, well, I have all these holiday obligations and familial obligations, mm-hmm. and I guess I'll just hit it again in the spring. And guess what they experience? They experience a valley, not just in their income, but in their mindset. They start gaining weight. They start basically setting aside big goals and aspirations for themselves, and they think miraculously they're going to rebuild it again in the spring. And maybe they do, but they don't climb very high on the ladder. So the mindset shift is is that you can be in, uh, always experiencing ever-increasing um, lifestyle 
uh, in ever-increasing financial benefits, ever-increasing health, ever-increasing love, ever-increasing everything, it doesn't just have to go through peaks and valleys. It can always be increasing, always be uh, getting better, always be getting a little bit more interesting, always be getting a little bit – you can always be getting richer. You can always be improving your the experiences, always be improving everything. Don't just allow yourself to settle for um, – a life of compromise, a life of complacency. So what we're going to do on today's radio show, for those of you who are ready, is Julie and I are going to be helping you to realize that regardless of where you are so far this year, ahead of your goal, on track for your goal, behind your goal, or have no goal, we're going to give you a six-month plan. In order for you to really make the most of this, you're going to have to take some great notes. Um, You're going to have to write down your own answers, your own questions, and then you're going to have to post this goal everywhere. I'll suggest, actually I'll make it homework, for the coaching students, You know, there's hundreds of you, right? Actually, there's over a 1,000 of you now. The reality of it is is I want you to post on a wall um, your goals, but also post it on the private Facebook group that we have for you guys. Share with the world what your goals are for the rest of this year, for six months. Don't worry about five years. Don't worry about 12 12 months. Just worry about the next six months. So, Julie, go ahead. All right, perfect. So the first thing that we want to do – is take a quick look back. And, you know, it, it's interesting because I always use the analogy of, you know, if you're starting, let's say you want to drive from California to New York, you know that you've got to go east. But if maybe you don't know, maybe you just know that you're west. Are you in California? Are you in Nevada? Are you in Seattle? You've got to know where you are to have a good plan to get to where you want to be. So we have to take a look back. And I'm going to have you guys write down some questions looking back in the past six months. So in the past six months, and you want to put some dates on this in your notes so that you've got a real plan put together, you have produced X number of closed transactions. So how many actual closed deals have you done? And that equals X number of dollars in your pocket. So right here we already have a little bit of a trap because we want to know, you want to know, what your net closed income is not just what came into the brokerage, but what you actually put into your pocket. And if you want to be really detailed about this, spin off your tax savings and your savings savings, especially coaching clients where we're teaching you to save 20% for taxes and 10% for yourself, and then looking at your true net. So you can get detailed even from this point forward. So in the past six months, you've done this many deals, and it means this much money to you. Some of you, that's going to be a forensics thing that you've got to put together, and it's going to take a while just to get there. So we'll walk you through this piece by piece. The next thing you're going to look at is your pending transactions, which are worth what to you? Okay, So a total net value off your pendings is worth this. So you got that number. Then you're going to look at your active listings, and you're going to be realistic. So if you've got 10 active listings, statistically one or two are either going to be difficult, unsellable, overpriced, or questionable. Unfortunately, some of you may have more of that. Some of our coaching clients are very pure about it, and they can say 10 out of 10, motivated, they're very well pre-qualified, they're ready to rumble, they absolutely have to sell. So be honest about your listing inventory. Only count the ones that you know, as much as you can know, will be selling. So if you got something 100 grand overpriced, probably you don't want to count it, unless you're going to get on the phone right now and get it to the right price. Okay, so that's what your listing inventory is worth. You can also do this with buyer inventory, although that's a bit more of a moving target. Tim, as you always say, there is no buyer who actually has to buy 
versus listings who have to sell. But you can use a little filter on that. You know, the relocating executive that you have a good relationship with and you know they're going to buy this weekend. That's maybe different than somebody who says, well, if you can buy me a, you know, a five-bedroom on the beach in uh, Southern California for 300 grand, then I'll move. Well, that doesn't exist. So be realistic. All right, so so far, Tim, does this make sense? We're looking at what we've already yep. done. We'll look at what we've got pending. Looking at the value of our listings, the value of your buyers then that will tell you when you add all of those numbers up, and yes, you're using a guesstimate on what your listings will sell for and what your buyers will buy at, but you can get pretty close and then compare that to what your goal was for the year. I just did this on a call right before the radio show. Mm -hmm. And so this particular client's goal was 300000 Now, we're working on figuring out the value of her leads. That was the one chunk that she didn't know. So the value in this is, is instead of saying, oh my God, i got to get to 300 and thinking like a quote normal agent, which says, I just need to do more, right? I mean, that's a common thing that we hear. I don't think you've ever probably heard, well, I want to do less. That's my goal. You know, no, they always say, I need to do more. I need to do better. Well, how much more based on what you've already done and what you've got in the hopper? That way, the real goal is less intimidating to you. And instead of saying, well, i got to do more to get to my 300, Maybe when you look at everything you've done plus everything that you've got in your pipeline, maybe you only have six deals to identify. Maybe it's not this massive intimidating thing in your head that you've got out there because all you know now is you've got to drive east. You don't know whether maybe you're already halfway there. right? Your trip's a lot different if you're starting out on the West Coast versus if you're starting in Colorado. Does this make sense, Tim? It does. And you know, guys, uh, it's okay, and Julie's going to get to this, but just so you're clear on this, what overwhelms a lot of people when it comes to goal setting is that the goals seem too big and reachable. And remember, and we're getting to this, we're going to break the process down so that you're realizing that goal setting really does come down to maybe two or three things that you are accomplishing goals comes down to two or three things that you have to do every single day. It's really not that complicated. That's right. So you're going to look at your numbers and be pretty pure about that. And I always use a rule, if you're not sure you have any trepidation whether you should count something or not, don't count it. That's going to be probably more realistic. So some of you are in markets where you list it and it sells immediately. So your numbers may be a little bit different, your criteria a little bit different. Others of you, you're sitting there with 20 listings and probably five of them won't sell and you've got to take on average three price reductions to get there. So this is a very personalized approach. You've got to know your own numbers to get there. Okay, so now that you know your numbers, you're going to set some specific goals. By doing what we just talked about, you'll have established how far you are, how far away you are from the goal. Now, we should backtrack a second, Tim, because of your new fourth quarter, or fourth uh, option, not really having a goal or not knowing what it is. So that gets us over to goal setting. How do you figure out what you should be earning the rest of the year if you never set a goal in the first place? And we probably should address that. Well, let's just start out with basic uh, rules that you need to have an understanding of what your monthly burn rate is. In other words, what it costs you per day to exist. And <laughs> it's funny when we it's ask another this be question, honest call, isn't it? Right. I mean, that's the whole – right, exactly. That's the whole be honest call there. We should do – actually, Julie, that would be a great radio show for tomorrow. But Wait. here's the concept. Um, you add up how much money you spend per month. Just start with you, right? And then if you're responsible for other folks in your family and you're the sole uh, earner or whatever, however it works in your family, maybe you're, 
your wife or your husband are also contributing and you have to come up with $7,000 a month, the bottom line is figure out the real number of how much money you have to earn, and then you have to do a be honest as to how much money you're actually spending. Um, and then you break that down to seeing how much you have to earn per day. So when you go and you figure it out, you'll find that most of you, for the most part, are going to have to earn usually $75 a day, if not more, depending on where you live, just to basically stay even. So you wake up in the morning, uh, you're basically costing yourself you know, 75 bucks at least. In some cases, it's substantially more. I've had uh, coaching clients um, I actually have coaching clients that have personal burn rates. Their families spend $100,000 per month. That's just on their lifestyle. That's just for their house or houses. That's just for the summer camps. That's just for the private schools. That's not so abnormal in certain parts of the country. So whatever your daily burn rate is, it's helpful to know that because you should write that number down. And every day that you don't earn, um, you can pretty much, you know, you're essentially, it's a tug of war financially, Right. So every day you don't earn, you're giving in, you're losing. So start out with what you have to earn, break it down to how much you're at, then then figure out what you're actually spending. So you're going to be finding you're spending more money than you think, because it's always the case. In some cases, a lot more. And then figure out how much you have to spend, that, how much you're essentially costing yourself per day. Do the whole thing for your family. Get a real sense. Well, have a so real let's sit- do this. Let's do a little example, right? So just so that we're doing a little bit of math. Let's say on average, I would say, you know, after gajillions of coaching calls, most people, unless you're in a really expensive market or some of our clients have lots and lots of kids, big families, some of them have, you know, expensive private schools. But by and large, it's about five grand a month for your basic necessities between rent, mortgage, car, insurance, whatever. You can kind of get by on five grand a month. We're not talking about business expenses. We're just talking about personal burn rate. Now, if your spouse pays half of that, you'll account for that. But let's just say you got to earn five grand a month. Well, five grand a month divided by an average month of 30 days, you know, you got to earn 150 bucks a day. And any day that you're not putting more into the till, you're backstepping by at least 150 bucks a day. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, that's a lot. And that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why, especially newer coaching clients that are kind of putting things back together, perhaps, or new to the business, that's why we have BPO cash flow right? So you can do BPOs and at least cover that, okay? Or you can work buyers till you become a listing agent. So we can take a lot of different uh, aspects to this. But, you know, it's good to know some of you guys, it costs three or $400 a day just to run you because you're breathing and you eat groceries. It's kind of a pretty serious thing to look at, you know? So then you figure out what that is and you think, okay, any day that I'm not doing that, I got to earn at least that much. So this is your basic, basic bare bones goal setting that you've got to do that. And most agents, miraculously, know how to do that. Maybe they don't do it like clockwork, but they're able to pay their bills. Curiously, the average agents in the country do exactly what it takes to cover their personal monthly overhead. This creates a problem because if your goal or or because you don't have a goal is to just get by, why don't you just have a job? You can get into real estate to just get by, I don't think pretty sure I've never had anybody actually say that. So in order to have the life of your dreams, generally, Tim, I find that for most agents when they do this exercise, it's about three times their normal personal burn rate. So if you can get by on five, you can have the life of your dreams on 15. If you can get by on 10, you know, to do everything in the world that you could ever want probably takes 30. It's not 
5 million like most agents have in their head, again, not having specific goals makes you have that intimidated, uh, you know, I don't know if I can ever get that type of mindset. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. You know, but Julie, again, that's a slippery slope because then we're going to talk about, uh, you know, goal setting and then it's a mindset call. But so the reality of it is let's just go through the mechanics and get back on track with the presentation because really at the end of the day, guys, um, if you see yourself accomplishing uh, small daily goals, if you feel yourself doing what you promised yourself you were going to do, that is essentially, if you imagine a jar with rocks, so there's big rocks and there's small rocks. Uh, if you put all, and the big rocks are like the big goals, the big life experiences. But if you fill your life with all these small rocks, and all, you're never going to have any room in the jar for the big rocks. So the concept is, is that you need to basically be putting the big rocks and the small rocks in the jar at the same time. So we want you focusing on the small short-term goals so you can feel yourself experiencing success. You can see yourself in action. It's not enough to write it down. It's not enough to think it. You have to actually see the action taking place. And then once that happens, those little small goals, most of them are going to be financial because we're your business coaches, right? So most of these small goals are going to lead up to the ability for you to accomplish the big goals. And that's where life gets really interesting. But it really does start with the seeing and the feeling and the experiencing of you accomplishing the small goals, and then it compounds. So if you have the goal, for example, as Julie just said, let's say you find out you know, you're responsible for your entire family and you have to earn $300 a day. That's your daily burn rate. So then you got, you're going to figure out that you have to sell so many houses in order to accomplish that, just to stay even. Then you, know, you have taxes and all the rest of it. Well, let's say you want to add on top of that that you want to be able to spoil your family for the holidays. You've got to start thinking about that now and taking actions for that now and setting aside that money now. You want to pay off some debts. You want to um, you know, set aside some more money for your kids' 529 plans. Or you, want to, you get the idea? So what happens is, is when you write all these things down, you come up with a dollar amount. And, and Julie, so that's a good place, a good segue mm-hmm. for you to jump back in on the mechanics. Yes. Okay. So the first thing, if you didn't have any goals at all, you've got to establish what's it cost you and make that your basis. And maybe you're already doing that and it's time to add on. If you're not already regularly achieving that, maybe your goal is simply to get to X dollars a month, month in and month out like clockwork. If you're there, then you, know, you go to like the treasure map and the goal setting. So let's just say you've got your number established. Okay, now it's time to set your goals for the next six months. Write down, knowing my numbers, I now need to list X number of more properties. So I will have X number of active listings by this date. And I can tell you, our coaching clients all have this goal. Whether they're a new listing agent or a grizzled veteran, they all have an active listing inventory goal. Listings are the fuel that drives the engine of your business. Yes, we believe in making money from buyers as you, you know, earn while you learn. Don't throw buyers out while you're becoming a listing agent. You've all got to have a list, active listings goal. Put a date on it. Be realistic. Then it tells you that's about this number of listing or listings taken per week. So if you're not a strong listing agent yet, maybe it's one per month. Maybe it's one per week. If you're already able to take one per week, make it two per week. I have personal coaching clients where their goal is one listing per day. We're moving them to two listings per day. Look at what your goals are and make what you've got to do based on your goals. You're so much more likely to do it. Now, for that to happen, I must work blank days per week for a total of blank work days during this period. So this is where you figure out realistically how many real work days do you have left in the year. 
take out long weekends. You know, those of you who have kids going back, you know, week of kids going back to school, you've got holidays to plan for, maybe a summer vacation you haven't gone on yet. So be realistic. Those of you who are, are heavy hitters that go, 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 and then hit the wall, plan out some breaks for yourself so that you don't have that um, you know, up and down phenomenon. And I think all the coaches are pretty good with you on making you do that. So on uh, work days, you're going to make this number of contacts. Now, general rule of thumb, if you've got 20 deals yet to do, you've got to make at least 20 contacts per day of some sort or blank contacts weekly, setting a minimum of blank appointments per week. Remember, we're much more focused on appointments than on time spent or ultimately contacts, but you've got to make the contacts to make the appointments, so it's all related. Of those appointments, I will list blank percent. And again, we believe in you taking 100% of what you go on. That assumes that you do what we teach you to do, pre-qualify and the rest. So I won't muddle the waters with that. But we need to get down to our numbers. So. How many days a week are you working? How many contacts are you making? How many appointments are you setting? And what is your listing percentage goal? In order to sell my listings more quickly, which isn't a problem for some of you, some of you, you've got to do more coming soon strategies to make them sell less quickly. I get that. But you know, again, look at it locally. Look at these numbers personally. You're committed to reducing each listing every two weeks or 10 showings, whichever comes first. So that's part of this. And Tim, don't you find even in these markets that are really hot with uh, you know, values going up and multiple offers, there can still be overpriced listings there too? Well, of course. I mean, I, I was just on the phone with uh, Brandon Jackson this morning, and he mm -hmm. is in a very hot market um, that stuff you know, sells really strong. You, in his market, there were yesterday there were three expires, but today there were, I think he said, 35 expires. And wow. there's an average of an, ex an expired a day. Well, it, it's wow, but it's not really the. It's actually for his market. That's considering the number of homes that are getting sold. Yeah, that's pretty a pretty low. low number. Yeah, but and mm -hmm. if you guys were to go into your own MLSs, by the way, in case you weren't using Mojo Cells, and uh, you absolutely positively should you be using Mojo Cells because they do all this uh, expired research for you, and they load it up into their auto dialer. So literally, all you have to do is hit a green button, and your computer screen. Uh, screen that says start and you will have the auto dollars start calling. Use our scripts, have them in front of you, you can start going after these expireds. But in his market, Julie, there's what, 60 to 70 expires per month. That's the bottom line. So there's mm -hmm. still tons and tons of opportunity, yeah. even in a marketplace that's really hot. So everywhere in the country, you guys are experiencing that. And if, if you're in a small, small market and there's not a lot of expires, there are definitely other opportunities to go after listings. Um, for the sake of today's radio show and time remaining, we won't rattle off the usual list, but listen to past radio shows, Real Estate Coaching Radio. All the replays are there. Just go and listen and uh, learn all the other ways you can be pursuing listings. Guys, remember all your best energies need to be focused on becoming your market's best listing agent. The richest of the rich agents always are and will be listing agents. Julie? That's right. So... In order to sell your listings, be realistic. Maybe you're going to have to get better at price reductions. Maybe not. So, in the next 90, I'm sorry, six months, I will have blank sales as a result of my work. Blank of them will be listings, and blank will be buyers. This will be a total of blank new escrows, which is worth this amount of money in new pending commissions. In other words, my goal over the next six months is to produce specifically this much money. In the next six months, this, it will be the best six months of my career because I will do what I just listed. 
That's a plan. That's not just rolling out of bed and saying, I need to do more. Big difference, right? Now, there's something interesting that goes on with this, Tim. One of the agents I was talking to today about this said, well, you know, I don't really like to track numbers like that. I just like to provide good customer service and do a really good job, and I figure the money will come. Well, that's true. The more people you help, the more money you will make. However, an interesting thing happened on that call. When we got serious about tracking the value of her leads, and this happens every time we do this. It's like, I can't believe that's what those leads are worth. I'm going to call them right away. To my point, I said, Aren't, doesn't that make you a better, more service-oriented, more giving, more caring agent that you're getting off the dime faster to help these people because you know what they're worth to you? Doesn't that make you a better agent? It doesn't take anything away from your customer service-mindedness. It doesn't so detract from which, the fact that you care. Go ahead. What you were confronting was her feeling um, that the money was somehow evil, you see. What Julie was just touching on was a hang-up that a lot of people have. Uh, and it's strange, but it's true, where they basically don't like to think about money as being a motivator. Of course money is a motivator. Of course you have to have money. Of course you have to earn lots and lots of it if you want to have a really great quality life. That is reality. Are we saying that you can't uh, have, uh, be a, a pursuer of money and financial uh, rewards at the same time not have the mindset of service? Of course not. And Julie's point to this gal was that those two should go hand in hand because one motivates the other. You won't actually accomplish very many goals if your mindset isn't of service. At the same time, if your mindset's only of service, but you aren't actually pursuing dollars at the same time, your lifestyle is going to suck. I mean, you're basically going to be somebody that's helping people all the time they're not getting paid. So you have to do the things together and accept the fact that the more people you help accomplish their goals at a high level, the more you are going to accomplish goals of your own. Now, that's a real mindset shift for a lot of you, and that goes back to the heart of why some of you don't accomplish goals, let alone set them, because you've yet to embrace the fact that this truly, this and by the way, every other business, the heart of every business is about helping people. And it is helping people with a, product, a, a, a profit motive. Who cares? Don't be in conflict with that. Don't think there's something evil about the pursuit of profit. There's not. Profit is nothing more than a way of knowing that you're helping a lot of people at a high level. If you don't have enough profit, it's because you're not helping enough people. It's really that simple, guys. If you don't have the car, the lifestyle, the houses, the everything that you want in, in your life for yourself and for your family, it's because you've yet to embrace the fact that all those things come when you're willing to help enough people at a high enough level. This is a something that I really, really wish that society would embrace for the sake of helping folks move beyond their phobias of about uh, obtaining wealth. When you have wealth, when you've been able to you know, help thousands if not millions of people, then what happens is you accumulate money and then you can start you know, doing some of the other things with your life that you've always dreamed of. And if you don't have dreams that are really going to necessitate you helping more people, well, now it's time for you to think bigger. And this is the perfect time of year to be doing it. So we're going to do something special for you guys. I've asked our show producer during today's show to take the outline that Julie was just reading from and post it on the show's description for the radio show. So the blanks that she was referring to when she was reading, those are going to be obvious when you go and download the form. So we're going to go ahead and have that as part of the show's description. It, 
this was originally designed to be a 90-day plan, but you can scale this and redo your plan every 90 days. So treat this as your six-month plan. Here's the bottom line, guys, and you need to just embrace this and don't fight it. We might have six months left on the calendar, but you don't have six working months left this year. You just don't. If you take out the holidays, that's half of December, if not all of December. You know, Then you take out Thanksgiving in November. Well, that might be half of November. Then October, you guys know as well as I do, the last week in October, most people treat it as a holiday. And then you keep on going back, the kids going back to school. And this weekend we have the 4th of July. And you have all these other – so if you add all those things up, plus the days that you're going to be taking off because it's the weekend or because you're going on vacation or because you have a family reunion um, – so if you were to really be honest with yourself, even though we have six months left this year and you were to add up the working days that you have uh, for the rest of the year, it's not that many. You don't have 180 working days left this year. Mm-hmm. Realistically, if you're being honest with yourself, you have maybe 75. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. If you add up the amount of hours that you actually work Work with the idea of basically helping people and making money, not just moving stuff around on your desk, but real work. Most people don't work uh, with the you know, real true work for more than two hours a day. So let's assume you're just really truly working for two hours a day, and you're really only going to be working another 75 to 80 days this year. Add it up, guys. If, I know some of you are going to be in conflict. Get a calendar out. Put a big red X over the days that you're definitely going to be working, not taking off, going to be focused on actual work. Um, and then add up, you know, on average, two hours a day. Most of you are only working, ready for it, another 150 to 175 hours yet this year. Yeah, you might be at work, but you're not actually doing anything that's going to lead to a paycheck. That's kind of scary when you consider that. But if you do, you can say, well, I'm going to decide to work an extra hour a day, so I'm going to work three hours a day. And in those three hours a day, I'm going to accomplish these you know, two to three to maybe five minimum standards per day. And I'm going to accomplish these goals. I'm going to write my goals down. And I'm going to follow the plan that Tim and Julie have just laid out for me. Or if I'm a a coaching client, I'm going to do as my coach asked me to do so I can accomplish my goals. Your 2016 has already started. You still have time this year to make this the best year of your life. But in another 90 days, I'm not going to be saying the same thing because at that point, we're going to be talking about next year almost exclusively, because everything that would have happened in 2015 in your business will have already happened. But now, today, at this very moment, as you're listening to us in live and in replay, you still have time to make this your best year ever. Please take action. If there's anything we can be doing, please request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. In the meantime, guys, we'll talk, you, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.